Welcome to season four of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. I'm excited to introduce a special series about the power of decision intelligence. This series is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Tech Systems Senior Practice Director, Ramesh Vishwanathan. Ramesh, uh, why don't you uh, first start by uh, giving a little background on uh, yourself and what you do at Tech Systems. Uh, sure, Greg. <clears throat> I would you know start with thanking you for having me on this podcast. It's been uh, uh, you know always good to uh, be part of your show. Uh, you know, very quickly at my end, you know, I, I look at myself as a technologist. I enjoy helping solve business problems, piecing together the right technology for our customers. I've been with tech for 13 plus years. Uh, my current responsibility is to scale up tech systems, Google cloud service offering, uh, and, uh, data applications, you know, is one of the core focus areas, given it's probably the leading ones for Google. Great, great. Well, yeah, and as you mentioned, this is your your uh, returning guest, so welcome back as well. Um, so yeah, let's let's get started here. Um, so according to Forbes, the previous decade saw a growth of almost five thousand percent in the amount of data created, captured, co- copied, and consumed in the world. Um, data analytics is a massive priority for every company today. Uh, research firm Gartner predicts that by 2023, more than a third of large organizations will have analysts practicing decision intelligence. So uh, what exactly is decision intelligence? So, so I'll, I'll take a stab at it from my perspective. You know, <laughs> yeah. there could be multiple different definitions. Uh, you know, we, we as human beings make thousands of decisions every day. Uh, you know, one of the things that we don't realize is most of them happen on the back end, right? It's kind of a background process for us. It happens as a second nature. Uh, but irrespective of the kind of decisions we make, there's a common theme, uh, you know, which starts with identifying a problem statement, uh, being able to collect the data around it, right? And that could include your environmental conditions and such. Uh, and then the act of uh, getting this data together and munching it for arriving at, you know, what would be the right uh, decision to take, right? So irrespective of the kind of uh, decisions we make, the process doesn't change. Uh, and it, 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 you know, remains the same. So from my perspective, I, I look at, you know, decision intelligence as an evolution of the process and decision making from being some something that has been more subjective and, you know, disconnected and discontinuous to being, you know, something which is more objective, connected and continuous. It's essentially putting a framework which could be more repetitive and, you know, which could be more time bound uh, the way we kind of make our decisions. So for the decision makers, um, especially those who are more on the leadership side, how should they approach decision making so it is data driven? Oh, well, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, as a human being, right, consciously or subconsciously, we always use data to make our decisions. Uh, you know, where, where, you know, the key differentiating factor comes is, uh, you know, being conscious about uh, how we make our decisions and, you know, being able to 
uh, make it more of a framework and formalize that into a process. So as a leader, uh, I think, you know, the, the, the initial starting point is to acknowledge that in today's world, the richness of data has kind of increased exponentially. And as humans, you know, we are only capable of consuming so much. Uh, so I would say, you know, as a leader, you know, we need to kind of acknowledge uh, and, and start looking at the right kind of tools and being able to formalize our thought processes of decision making and, and, and make it more, uh, you know, uh, um, kind of um, repeatable and uh, kind of ensure that it is um, you could reinforce your decisions using data. So kind of, you know, do that repeatedly, more iteratively and, you know, follow those frameworks. Uh, more consciously than, you know, trying to uh, make that something on, on, on back end. Yeah. And to add to that, um, what role do company leaders play in making sure not only is decision intelligence data driven, but also it, it, that it's successful? Well, 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 I think that's that has been always a problem, right? Right from, yeah, right. you know, when, you know, we were on the business intelligence days or, you know, from the days of um, you know, reporting, uh, there are two aspects to it. One aspect uh, as a leader is, being able to enable uh, our teams uh, by providing the right kind of uh, data set, right, and right kind of tools. And and it has been happening as we have seen, you know, we have kind of evolved from, uh, you know, reporting to business intelligence to now we are in the world of uh, data democratization and empowering people to have, you know, uh, more data available. So now, you know, providing the right tools is one aspect of it. And the second aspect of it is, changing the mindset, right? The culture within uh, the organization. And typically that comes with um, showcasing how you go about taking your own decisions. And and that's where it's important to reinforce your decisions, whether before you take a decision or you, you know, you kind of try to analyze your decision afterwards and see how the data is impacting it. I think it's more about reinforcement of your decisions with data you know, which would kind of help uh, drive more adoptability and, and the mindset and culture of, you know, uh, using data to make decisions. So where do you get started with this? You know, where where does a company start? What are maybe can you talk about some of the first steps in the, in the process of, of making this this evolution? The core of, uh, you know, decision intelligence itself is pretty similar to what we have been doing for a long time now, right? right from starting you know to collect the right kind of data the kind of building on top of it uh, so, so most of the organizations today uh, as they stand uh, they already have uh, you know some kind of a data system uh, in their organization put up right minimally kind of a bi system uh, you know that they currently use uh, so i would i would you know certainly say that uh, it's essentially building on top of what you have instead of really looking at it as you know uh, starting from you know uh, starting from uh, the, the beginning right so so but but having that thought process of uh, you know uh, essentially looking at establishing that process of decision making right starting with being able to define your problem statements uh, because when you talk about decision intelligence, it's not about, you know, generically looking at your information. It's more about knowing a process that you want to kind of, uh, you know, um, formalize, right? And identifying that problem is the step one, because you want to ensure that the decision, uh, you know, intelligence that you're going to put in for a process is repetitive and happens frequently uh, to, you know, have some kind of an ROI on, you know, investing on that. The second aspect of it is being able to, uh kind of figure out what are the data points that you need for that particular process to be formalized into a decision intelligence model. Uh, 
that could support your decision making. Uh, I would say the third piece of it is the feasibility itself, where many times organizations don't necessarily put enough stress on looking at the quality of data, looking at the completeness of data uh, to be able to model those decisions the right way. Uh, last but not the least is, you know, when the rubber meets the road, uh, look at uh, continuously monitoring how your decision intelligence system is performing and being iteratively able to tune it because, you know, the world is not static, so would be your decision systems, right, are going to be dynamic. So you want to make sure that you kind of iteratively tune it over a period of time and keep it, you know, up to date with, you know, the environmental conditions around you. As opposed to traditional business intelligence dashboards, how does um, decision intelligence differ? And you kind of touched on some of this, but, you know, could you go into a little more specifics on really how traditional and, you know, traditional BI and and decision intelligence are, are different? So, so, so when you when you look at you know the, the BI, right? It, it's 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 been I, I would say you know it's like a rear view mirror, right? It kind of gives you a, a you know view of your business in in a more retrospective way. Uh, you know you could you could look at uh, your key business influencers, you know, uh, or or define metrics which could help you monitor the health of your system. Uh, whereas when you look at a decision intelligence system, it's a little more forward looking. The goal of a decision intelligence system is to, uh, and it still uses your historic data, but you are projecting that into the future to help you make decisions. Just to, you know, throw an example out there, uh, you know, just assume that, you know, you're working for a, a lending organization and, you know, you are, if you are looking at your BI dashboards, that would probably give you metrics around, you know, let's say on how many defaulters, right? How are you doing in your collections? So those could be some of the KPIs on your, you know, BI dashboard. But if if, if somebody applies for an additional, you know, loan, uh, your historic systems could probably just give you an input on, uh, you know, how many defaults somebody did, right? Uh, but but if you go to a loan officer and ask him how do you approve your loans, there are 20 more other parameters that a loan officer might be looking before they approve a loan. So how do you really use that data points and you know come up to a to, to a decision on you know whether I should be giving a loan? That's where you know the decision intelligence system comes into play, uh, whereas a BIS you know would give you the metrics but not necessarily the projection of uh, you know where it is going and you know help you make those uh, decisions for you. So from a decision intelligence perspective, why should we be excited about machine learning? What's, you know, what does that part bring to the table? Uh, I think machine learning by the name itself, you know, typically uh, it's, 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 I would say it's oversold many times, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and people kind of use it in all different uh, places for different reasons. But, uh, you know, in, in, in this context of uh, decision intelligence, right? So, if, if we just go back a couple of decades, right, uh, the challenge was more about non-availability of data than, you know, availability of data. Uh, if, if you look at the present situation, the availability of data has grown exponentially. And, and, and uh, you know, with that, the challenges have changed. Uh, you know, very first, you know, challenge when you talk about decision intelligence system and, you know, having this amount of data is uh, identifying the relevance of, what data is useful for you, right? Is it even, you know, worth using that data to make the right decisions? Uh, so, so I think machine learning has a huge capability of being able to correlate uh, and, you know, kind of um, uh, illustrate the 
uh, effectiveness of what kind of a data is impacting what kind of you know um, outcomes so machine learning certainly helps you unravel uh, you know the key uh, i would say key, key data points that you should be looking for when modeling your problem statement right that's the first aspect of it the second aspect of it is you know being able to use those um, inputs and able to model your future uh, so that's the second aspect of it where machine learning kind of you know is very handy in uh, decision intelligence system is being able to project uh, you know into the future and give you the right kind of trends that you could then you know use to uh, make uh, more informed decisions if you will kind of to build on that i mean you know we hear a lot about ai and machine learning adding value to data analytics but um you know since we're here talking about decision intelligence what's kind of the the difference between the two well you know te technically i can you know go go you know uh, rambling about it for hours but i will take a you know a simpler yeah. you know example and try to explain if it makes sense uh, you know in, in 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 the way i kind of you know like to think about it uh you know i draw kind of parallels with the vehicle right uh eventually the goal of a vehicle uh, is to kind of you know uh, transport objects and people from point a to point b it's very similar with decision you know intelligence system essentially the goal is to make more informed decisions which could you know uh be more accurate if you will that's the goal right and the goal never changes uh so now if you really look at the evolution you know of a vehicle it was probably running on wheels and you know mechanically being pulled by human or animals and it has evolved from there you know uh, being motorized today uh, so, so i feel it's very similar if you look at decision intelligence right then you know decision making has always been there as a process we have been consuming data you know and then trying to kind of make decisions you know for you know for eternity now uh, so ai and ml i would say are are essentially the uh, you know, uh, additional components that are helping make these decisions uh, much more relevant. It, you know, it, it's like motorizing your vehicle. It's essentially giving you the power of being able to project into the future, uh, you know, looking at the data that you have captured. It's more about modeling behaviors and it's essentially another cogwheel or, you know, a motor, uh, you know, which is kind of powering your uh, decision intelligence systems. That's yeah. what, you know, I would probably put it as. Yeah. So what are some common mistakes that you're seeing leaders make with AI in terms of leveraging the, the AI to make better uh, data insights? Oh, well, uh, I, I would say, you know, with, with the with the growth of AI and ML uh, and, and, and again, you know, we see the growth of people who are kind of, you know, working on these uh, technologies as well, right? Uh, many times we tend to use them as tools and not necessarily look deeper into the uh, outcomes of it. So the first piece of it is as you kind of use ANML, we need to understand that uh, they're only as good as the data that you feed into it, right? So data quality is one of the biggest challenges. We acquire, you know, tons of data, uh, but many times if, if you're going to use it as is, uh, it, it, it would not provide you the right results because, you know, uh, you need to kind of figure out in the quality of data that you're kind of be, you know, training your models with uh, how they kind of pan out, right? The second aspect of it is uh, the completeness of data. Many times uh, when we are modeling, you know, uh, maybe for a decision intelligence system or an analysis, you know, kind of doing his analysis, uh we, we kind of uh you know forego certain aspects of you know completeness in the data set uh, and and that hinders and and that kind of you know uh, kind of underplays uh your 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 model 
and impacts your decision making. Uh, I think the, the final piece of it would be more around, uh, you know, a robust feedback and tuning mechanism. Uh, you know, a model is never one and done. Uh, we need to we need to realize that it's a continuous process. And as I you know kind of spoke about the world being changing, right? Uh, so does the model that has to change. So I think having a continuous feedback mechanism and uh, having a mechanism to tune your model and behavior, you know, would probably be forefront when you, you know, look at these things. And many times these get, you know, uh, overseen, right, in, in a sense of either trying to do something really fast or, uh, you know, not necessarily realizing the importance of these pieces. Uh, well, this has been great talking with you. Um, anything else you want to share in terms of decision intelligence or decision making that we haven't had a chance to cover yet? Uh, I, I would, I would, I would, you know, I would say uh, in in a more generic terms because AI and ML, you know, are are one of the, you know, as I said, it's it's the motor powering decision intelligence today, right? And and we talked about completeness as one of the you know challenges that we have seen. Uh, but I would certainly say two more pieces that I would want to add out there uh, that we have seen as tech systems when we are helping our customers, uh, you know, is, is the bias aspect of it. Uh, you know, we, we are dealing with data being created by human beings. Uh, and, in you know, inherently that data has bias in it. So being able to identify and eliminate bias from your data set before you kind of use those models for your decision intelligence system, I would say, you know, would be something which is very key. Uh, and, and and the second aspect of it is explainability of your model, essentially being able to look at how it's impacting, you know, and why is it making a decision uh, that it is making today, right? And not having that as a black box, uh, whether it be for compliance reasons or whether it be for your own internal reasons, I would say these two, uh, you know, uh, these two uh, pieces, I would say, are, you know, pretty crucial uh, to acknowledge and, you know, remember when you kind of start modeling behaviors and taking decisions based on them. And from our past experiences, we have seen, you know, uh, really uh, big negative impacts of, uh, you know, uh, not taking these into account when you kind of model your decisions. Well, again, um, I'd like to thank Ramesh Vishwanathan from Tech Systems for joining the show. Learn more about Tech Systems and their perspective at techsystems.com. I'm Greg Kilstrom. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.